This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. In the world, peak too early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I feel like I don't even know you people anymore. I haven't talked to you in weeks since our last podcast. You, you've turned a year older. Trent lives halfway across the country, but I gotta be honest. I don't think I've ever been this excited to be with the boys tonight. It's championship season, my favorite time of year. We got so much to talk about, so let's do it. Like I, 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 this is the first time in a while that like I woke up in the morning. I was like giddy. I'm like, oh, get me to eight thirty tonight. We got to record. We got a, we got a, a great podcast tonight. So I'm ready to roll. I am excited to be here. This, buckle up. This might be a three hour podcast. So so just get ready for that. And as always, he's not at the house of Sav. He is in Victor. Idaho for the first time we got Trent Fontanella Trent how you doing bud boys I could not be better right now I'm at the ranch that's what we're calling it right now we might have to workshop a little bit the ranch though is where we're at right now and Victor Idaho is a wonderful place ladies and gentlemen it's beautiful out here I'm in a nice house I'm excited I couldn't be any happier but there's one thing that I was not expecting that has been the best part about Victor that I just figured out like a couple hours ago. So being on mountain time, I'm two hours uh, uh, behind you fellas. Um, I, uh, this, this is not working at all. I, I really kind of messed up my thought here. My point <laughs> was going to be that I had time to go to the bar. <laughs> Guys, I just screwed up the time zone so bad. I was going to say I had time to go to the bar before the podcast, but then I realized I'm two hours behind you. I have less time to go to the bar. But somehow I found time to go to the bar. Believe this. This is the crazy thing I ever found out. Today, my high school cross-country team was on a group text. And people were saying, anybody around for that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving beers? And one of my old teammates said, hey, if anyone's in Wyoming, let me know. I, I text him. I say, hey, man, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Idaho. I'm right next to you. He owns the cidery that's like, three miles from here. So I immediately go down and now I got my local spot. I'm like at the bar with an old cross country teammate who's just serving me ciders. I guess I'm a cider guy now. Um, but all that to say is I just came from the bar and, and like Michael, I couldn't be happier to talk to the fellows right now. Time zones are undefeated against this podcast. I butchered that. So in my head, yeah, I, I was thinking about this when I was there. I was like, I can't wait to use as my opener. I had like two extra hours to go to the bar and then record. Turns out I had two less hours, but it didn't stop that, me today. That's an insane defeat there too, because usually like, you know, we're trying to schedule around the, the time zone. You, you lived it. Like you, you just had to like probably rush around a little bit to get back. So to have the thought that you had extra time, when you just lived having less time, I, I don't understand what happened. How much cider did you have? Apparently, I had a little too much cider. I think I'm just, you know, on a high right now. I'm on a high in life where I'm out here in, in the woods, but I still got an old buddy who can serve me drinks and I can go down and buy, buy drinks from his establishment. So I guess that high just made it seem like 
you know, what is time, Michael Penn? You know, I mean, what, what is any of this? I can drink, I can go to the bar when I want. I can record podcasts when I want it. It's all good here. When you said you were on mountain time, for whatever reason, like my, my instinct didn't go to the time zone. I thought you were already just like really getting into the mindset, like, bro, I'm just on mountain time out here. Island you know, time. like, yeah, like time just gets lost out here in Idaho. <laughs> when I, when I moved out, when I moved out to Idaho, I stopped wearing a watch. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, I just got one on my phone, so I don't need one now. <laughs> That's a forgetting Sarah Marshall quote. So. Yes. Uh, hey, Trent, so I want to hear about this move a little bit. I want to kind of hear about Victor Idaho a little bit. But before we get into that, I have like a bone to pick with you. Oh, and um, something that I've been kind of sitting on for a couple weeks, oh, and, and it has it infuriated me to no end. So, oh, no. Trent on his on his cross country road trip. I, I think uh, I know where this is going before it's even gone, but I'll, I'll let you. I'll let, I'll if it, Mike, if we're on the same wavelength here, then <laughs> then I am going to be very. I think, I, very I think we are. Okay, so so on on Trent's trip across the country, he would. I told him, say, hey, send me videos. I'll post them the story. We, people can follow along. And one day. I get a video from Trent and he is at the field of dreams. Are we heading in the right direction here, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he's at the field of dreams and uh, he's taking a video and it's beautiful, right? It looks exactly like the movie. It, it is an incredible video, but in this video that Trent takes, he misses many opportunities to quote the movie so that alone, as he's kind of going through, I, I mean, the fact that I didn't get like a, is this heaven or, or something, any, any quote from one of the most quotable movies of all time, I didn't get a single quote as he's panning across the field of dreams. And he cuts to a clip of, uh, I think it was your girlfriend and your mother in the act of, of taking a baseball, throwing it to the other person, catching it, and then throwing it back. Now, we can stay here all night and debate, and debate playing catch, having a catch. I, in, in the majority of my life, I have said playing catch. But in this debate, I always take have a catch side of the debate just because I love the movie so much. But the fact that you stood on that field and videotaped these two people catching a ball, throwing it, catching it, throwing it back, and said playing catch and not said having a catch made me want to take my phone and chuck it through the window. Who do you think you are? What gives you the right? What gives you the right to stand on that field and say, playing catch? Listen, gentlemen, I'm going to be honest. I'm not even sure I've ever seen that movie in complete. Oh, I, I think I, I've seen it when I was a young boy, just a young lad, you know, learning about the beautiful game of baseball. But when you say like have a catch, it's not even like in my head, like, oh shit, I messed that lineup. It's like, I trust that Steve knows the quote. And I guess that was a big mistake because, you know, you're voicing this to the people right now and letting them know about your frustrations. But, you know, there was no hesitation in, in your response back in the group message. I mean, you clearly, clearly were very disappointed in me. And so I'm sorry. I didn't even post the video. I was so angry. You didn't even, I guess I should have noticed that, but uh, I didn't even post the video. I was infuriated. I was infuriated. Not one quote. And then you said playing catch on that field. How dare you Trent? How dare so you? this just goes to the magical moment of being in Dyersville, Iowa at the field of dreams. Like I barely even know that movie. I think I've seen it, but I don't remember it at all. I'm terrible at movie quotes. Anybody that knows me knows that. And I still felt this like 
you know, just just amazing supernatural connection to that field. I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah, gonna give sacrilege. So I'm, I'm I, not gonna give you this moment. As I don't think you wearing a Red Sox jacket. I'm not gonna give you this moment. I, I don't think you realize the significance of that movie to Steve and I. I mean, that is one of you know the most influential uh, two hours of my entire life and the the messages uh the storyline you know the the emotion the feeling it's all very very important to me so for you to like show up at that field like you are you know paying homage to to something so important (laughs) it really is sacrilege you know what i mean it's like showing up to somebody's church and just like desecrating and, and and paying such little respect to to what that field means 99.9% of the time i don't care if someone says have a catch play to be completely honest if you say have a catch out of context it's kind of like weird right unless you're like directly quoting that movie but there's one place on planet earth where you cannot say the words playing catch and that is the, the very field that you were standing on, it was disrespectful. It was disgusting. And the fact that you've been there and I haven't, and that's how you, it's just, it's, that's how you it's treat, disgusting. Treat yeah, it's disgusting. Disgusting. I've been, I've been there twice, boys. I hate this vacancy. This oh, was like a spot God. for me. I'd highly recommend it to you guys if it's so important to you. I watched the Yankees play the White Sox this year. I, I mean, I get it. I know Field of Dreams. All right, you need to watch that movie as soon as this podcast is over. Um, but anyways, Trent, let's you know let let's hear it. let's let's hear it. how is Victor Idaho treating you right now? Listen, it's it's great. I mean, so it, it's population like twenty two hundred people or something like that. So I mean, we're you know I thought I grew up in a small town. I had like ten twelve thousand people. So we're we're out in the woods right now. But uh, it's it's a nice little break from the big city of Boston. I'm out here. I'm just looking up at the mountains every day, you know, pushing my ankle a little bit harder on on the bike, getting some runs in, you know, starting to feel myself. So I could not be happier out here. Uh, It's, it's a world away from the the boys back home. I miss the old big old city of Boston, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited for you guys to come out and hang out with me out here sometime. I got places for you guys to stay. We'll, we'll maybe figure out the technology on a group podcast in person. I don't know if Michael is capable of that, but we'll give it a shot. Uh, but uh, I'm ready, boys. I'm ready for ski season and snowboard season and do all the fun stuff that comes uh, comes without being out here in Idaho. Is it frustrating so- being in, like, your nature's paradise and still having to deal with your bum ankle? Like, you can't really live Idaho, Wyoming to the fullest at this point. It's, it's like, a good transition into it for me. It, it's, like, I don't have the pressure to get out there and, like, you know, just be exploring all the time. Um, and I still, you know, I still kind of have to work, which sucks. That first day where I think last Friday was my first day back at work where I like sat down and didn't go away from the computer uh, for eight hours it was like, damn, I guess this is not uh, a total fantasy land where all the stresses go away, but it's not so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm easing into it and the ankles getting stronger every day. I'll be out there uh, crushing it pretty soon. Is, is the ranch and where you're living, your setting, everything you hoped it to be? Or is it is it lacking in some areas? How how you feeling so far? Your first impression living out there? 
boys, the ranch has me feeling like a frontiersman. I mean, I got to start a fire in this place. There's heat, but I'm not trying to burn through the propane that quickly, right? I got to start oh, the wood stove going. There's a wood stove in the downstairs. There's a wood stove in the upstairs. It's just like fires everywhere. I have to chop kindling. You know, that was my dad's job. He always chopped the kindling like when we had fires growing up. I got to be like a man out here. There's deer in the front yard. I feel like I got to get a gun and just shoot him sometime, show him who's boss, show him that I own the ranch. All the neighbors have horses. I swear, like, more than 50% of the people on the street have just like horses running around. So I can learn how to like ride a horse, you know, no saddle, just hop on one of those guys when I like hop over the fence at the neighbor's yard. So I'm becoming a cowboy gentleman. Oh, what's like the timeline? How long do you think until you make a just horrible mistake with this fire? It's only or, a matter of time. Until, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Megan hasn't gotten too scared of the horse behavior yet, but she's terrified of the fires. When I'm I out there, like, starting it's popping, you know, it's coming out. You, like, you, stumble home, you stumble home from the cider house and try and light a fire in that house. I mean, oh, boy. I couldn't even figure out the time zones and, and figure out that <laughs> I had two less hours. And, you know, and then I got to come back and, and get a fire going. So that's a good point. Any, any, uh, any other great stories from the road other than the fact that you, you desecrated hallowed ground, but any other, any other good stories from the road? Well, we had a, we had a blast. I would recommend everybody, you know, take that road trip. Don't rush it. We're in a nice spot. Niagara Falls. You guys ever been to Niagara Falls? It's great. Snuck over to Canada. You need a COVID test and um, not everyone in the party had a full COVID test back, but we sweet talked to the, the, the guardsman or whatever you call the person at the border. So that was pretty fun. Um, Field of Dreams, as you guys, you know, just just ridiculed my video, but that was still a pretty uh, good highlight. Uh, Mount Rushmore, I know like some people kind of don't like Mount Rushmore. There's some stuff. That, Mount Rushmore is awesome. You guys should go sometime, check it out. It's beautiful to see. Uh, so we just had a nice good old time. But no, no, no crazy stories. It's kind of nice to settle back in now, you know, get on the pod, kind of ease back into that normal day to day than I'm so used to that uh the the cross-country trip or just kind of the journey through the middle of the country is something that I need to do um I've never really done it you know I've spent significant time on on both coasts I've had I've been lucky enough for my job to to travel it a little bit when we were kids we got to you know we did a little bit of travel um and we did we did you know when we we Mike and I we growing up we would uh we would get in the van and, and go somewhere, usually to watch the Red Sox play. Um, but as an adult, making a cross-country road trip, or at least through the, the middle of the country, is something I, I want to do. Because you know, I feel like it can kind of – there's so many cool stuff. There's, there's so much cool stuff to do and so much cool stuff to see, and it can kind of get forgotten. So, Have you never done, done a, a full cross-country? No, no. Oh, man. Yeah, you got you to gotta do it. You got to load up the car full of uh, cheese puffs and, and just – drive wherever the road takes you i mean i i travel a lot i mean especially over the past 10 years for work like i travel a ton but yeah no i've never never gotten in the car and just driven so on my bucket list i i, I feel bad telling the story because i'm kind of i don't want to make it seem like i'm making fun of the guy i work with but i'm gonna tell the story anyways i have a, a buddy of mine who i work with who a month ago did a cross country road trip to come move to uh, the office that I work in. And he told me that I guess he's like a real anxious driver told me that he drove the entire way across country. He, he was, 
so concerned about his GPS that he has GPS on loud. He put it, you know, like propped it on whatever he has, his holder thing. He didn't listen to a single second of music, podcast, nothing. He drove cross country in dead silence, just listening to his GPS. Now, mind you, when you drive cross country, you are on the same road for hundreds and hundreds of thousands. miles out of thousands. thousands. I like this was the and he's like not joking. He's not someone who would exaggerate. He was being dead serious when he told me this, and it was one of the most shocking things I've ever heard in my entire life. Shocking. Have you have you called the police yet? Because this that's is, what I, I, this I said. Is, that right to pre crime. If I've ever seen pre crime, that's ever what I said to him. Pre-crime. I was like, that is the most serial killer behavior I have ever heard in my entire life. I would now, be. I'd be terrified of this guy, Mike. He's, he's just an anxious kid. He's just a real anxious kid. My, my favorite part, or one of the best parts about it, is I don't think I use the GPS. Like, as I look up kind of where destination is at the beginning of the day, but I don't think I actually had it on turn by turn till I got to Idaho. Like, the best part is, like, you just get on 90 and you go. And maybe if you want to go see the Field of Dreams, you got to veer off on a couple of routes to go a little south of 90 and go. I mean, this guy is a psychopath. I think that would be my favorite part of a cross country trip is I would have my like destinations of where I'd want to go. But for the most part, I would just kind of be like, all right, we're heading West. I need to stay in this general direction. If I go like, just kind of wander a little bit that I think that would be the best part of of doing a cross country. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyways, I got to do it. It's on the bucket list. Trent, glad you, glad you made it safe in, in, in one piece. And, uh, yeah, we got to see some of those videos. Maybe, maybe I'll clip this and I'll, and I'll post your, your terrible Field of Dreams video and put it on Instagram. I don't know. We'll see if we can make something good out of it. Um, but, guys, you know, I, I, I got something I want to, uh, to dive into a little bit here and something I think we need to talk about and something that we haven't talked about for a couple of weeks now. And it's something that I think we need to hammer out the details of. Um, I'm pretty committed to doing the Indianapolis marathon on November 5th, 2022. And, uh, I think I need you guys on this podcast to commit to doing it with me. Um, I, I had a conversation with our guy from, uh, Brant from Bell Lap who happens to live in Indianapolis. And we talked about the potential details of, of, of bringing the two crew, out to an Indianapolis. So anybody, so the reason I want to start talking about it now is because I want any members of the two crew that have any, you know, motivation, inspiration, idea of running a marathon in the next year. I want them to run the Indianapolis marathon with us. So I want to get a giant crew out there rocking two crew singlets. Maybe we'll do like a limited singlet drop just for people that are going to the Indianapolis marathon, the two crew members that are going to the Indianapolis marathon. We run the Indianapolis marathon on a Saturday. It's the only fall marathon that had, that takes place on a Saturday. So we can party Saturday night. We can hang out on Sunday. And then what we can do, I've already talked to our guy chief at bell lap. We are going Saturday night. We are going to rent out a bar and we are going to have a P2E bell lap, uh, collaboration party at a bar post marathon he said he threw he threw it to get he threw one together this past year and he had like you know 50 people there imagine if we start promoting it ahead of time we get the whole two crew and we just have a massive party at the indianapolis marathon guys i need i i i need you guys to commit to doing this with me 
I mean, that's just, that's just messed up. That's just messed up what you did right there. What and, did I know, do? What did and, I do? And, and I thought about it after the last episode because I had somebody approach me after the last episode and was like, oh, so uh, it was my dad. He was like, oh, so he's like, oh, you uh, you're, sounds like you're running a marathon. I was like, no, no, no. I, I never said anything about running a marathon. I, I talked about how I was getting bamboozled. So I, ta- I thought about it and I was like, you know, the way you're framing it, you know I'm retired. You know I I don't ever want to do I'm it. retired too, but I need your but, help to get out of it. But, we need to motivate you know, each other. You do know this. I won't say no to a mileage challenge. So that's why you framed it that way last time. It's like, oh, I'm going to substitute out the mileage challenge. And now you're taking it one step further where you already have it planned. <laughs> if, if I sit here on this podcast after you just laid out this unbelievable weekend for the two crew and we're going to rent out a barn – that that's messed up what you did there if if i want to say no which i do want to say no then i'm the asshole here yeah it's it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah. to say no to a marathon than it is to say no to hey we're renting out a bar we're gonna have a post-race party with a bunch of the two crew <laughs> i don't know how you say no to that dude i already looked up airbnbs there's this airbnb in the center of indianapolis that has a pool table it's got like four bedrooms it's right across the it's like right near the uh the the paces arena there arena there like guys this could be the greatest peak too early weekend of all time and you know listen listen we 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 have we have a we have quite a loyal following out in the midwest kind of in that chicago indianapolis like kind of that midwest like corner of the of the country uh you know where we could we could get a solid crew together to to go out and do this no, no offense to going to i'll commit right now to go i will be there i'm ready to roll i will commit to going to indianapolis renting out a bar getting the 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 pool table airbnb i will commit to that right this second you have to ask me twice trent will you commit to going no offense to to the chief but like what's going on in indianapolis by the way it's just like there's the nfl combine here they have a a, you know they race cars once in a while i don't know why we got to choose any so so here's the thing here's the thing trent in 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 the more i think about it the more perfect it is because it's a big enough city where like where it's going to feel like a big city it's going to have some aspect of a big city marathon but it's small enough we can take that place over the two crew can take over indianapolis for the weekend whereas if we did chicago we did new york we just get lost in the shuffle we could be we could friggin take over indianapolis for that weekend it could be we could be the stars of the show that weekend the two crew could be the stars of the show that weekend like it's actually the more i think about it it is the perfect marathon to do it at i mean i don't know why you're making me defend this trent but i've been in indianapolis indianapolis is awesome my complaint about this whole thing has nothing to do with the location or the or the uh marathon selection my complaint has nothing to do with any of that all right, couple couple questions. And actually, Mike, you're gonna like this. I'm on the Indianapolis uh, Monumental Marathon website, uh, CNO Financial Group. I should say the sponsor, so don't get in trouble. Uh, first off, Mike, they have a marathon, half marathon, and a 5K. So we could commit See, to going now. We could now we are talking, baby. Let's go. <laughs> but I might sign up for the 5K right now. 
What does it look like to sign up for this thing? Do I got to qualify for it? Do I got to raise no. money? You no. You just got to sign up. No, we're not, doing, we're not doing anything you have to qualify for. You just got to you just gotta <laughs> I'm just it. asking. What are you I'm talking just asking. about? Qualify. A lot of, a lot of big marathons, if, it's hard to get into. If I had to qualify, it would, we'd automatically take it off the list right away. I'm going. Right. Well, I'm going full-fledged Atlanta on this. I'm going to pay 80 bucks to sign up for the 5K. I'm going to get hammered <laughs> drunk the night before, and I'm going to sleep through the start. And I'm going to wear that T-shirt for like three years as if I ran the Atlanta 5K. That's what's going to happen. All right. All right. See, listen. Okay. So I don't, I don't need on the podcast tonight, we, I don't need you to commit to the marathon. We'll get there. I'll talk you guys into the marathon eventually. But what I do need right now, is I need a commitment that we're going to we're going to Indianapolis. I'll go. I'm I'm Mike. You're in. I'm Trent, in. You in? Yeah, I'm in for Indianapolis. All Absolutely. right, baby. All right, we're going to Indianapolis. Let's go. I think this could work out good because I think it'd be we we Steve. You talked about taking over the Indianapolis Marathon. I think this could be best case scenario, right? You said there's a 5K, a half marathon, and a marathon. Steve, you run the marathon. Trent, you run the half. I run the 5K. That's a takeover. Yeah, but it's not a mileage. That's a takeover. It's not a mileage challenge. He knows how to push all the right buttons. <laughs> yeah, know. He's, 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 he's playing all the cards. Listen, it, 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 I'm it, go, it, I'll go to Indianapolis. I will be there. Count me all right. in. All right. Is Sounds there a good cool. expo at this marathon? Probably oh. not. I'm wavering. I'm wavering. <laughs> Expos are a thing of the past, Trent. Trent, they didn't have a real expo for Boston. They didn't have a real expo for New York. Expos are a thing of the past. Well, that's bullshit. Let me tell you what. That is bullshit. I'll get you all the junk science stuff you want. I'll give you a buffet of junk science. That's what I'll do. I'll, it, it, that, that will be my incentive to you to run the marathon. Should I'll get we, you I'll we should host, host our expo. own expo. <laughs> yes, oh, Airbnb. See, now you're thinking. Now, see, this is the type of this is the type of thinking we need. Yes. I don't know what that would look like, but we'll I just, just we'll like do, the idea of hosting we'll our own sell, expo. We'll sell. We'll you know we'll 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 sell uh, used singlets for for Chief and Bell Lap, and we'll we'll get rid of our extra extra P two E gear. We'll have, we have a Miller. Up. We'll have a Miller light tent. We'll uh. Yeah, we'll, we'll get all Trent's weird junk science people there. Like, we can make this happen. We can make up anything we want. That's the beauty of the yeah. expo. Yeah, we, we got to do some, like, weird gimmick where, like, you have to run on a treadmill next to, you know, at, at Kipchoge's pace or something like that. I don't know. We can do the we'll treadmill play. race. The treadmill race. So we the can have treadmill the treadmill show. Treadmill wars. Oh, treadmill my wars. God. Treadmill wars. Oh. I think – I still think treadmill wars is the best idea that never happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, the 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 best idea that's gonna happen is is running the Indianapolis Marathon. So that should be the mileage in, challenge. We're the, going the to Indianapolis. We're going to Indianapolis. We're doing it. Let's go. All right, we're going to Indianapolis. We'll see you there, Trent. All right, see you guys in Indianapolis. I might be the next time I see you guys. All right, Mike. You know, I, I feel like we we got we got a lot of pent up stories here. We we, we kind of broke down Trent's uh trent's uh trip across the country you know i've been i've been sitting on this marathon and how i'm going to convince you guys to do a marathon with me you got anything built up over the past couple couple months that you need to get out past couple yeah. weeks feels like a couple months yeah yeah i'm on twitter steve yeah i saw that i saw that I, minutes before i signed on to the podcast tonight and it's about damn time because i'll tell you what mike 
I think your type of humor is perfect for Twitter. I think the, I think, uh, you, you getting a Twitter account is kind of long overdue. So, so we, we needed this. So I've been, I've been badgered for a very long time by a small group of, of folk who, who have since given up. This is, this has been, you know, a decade worth of, of badgering me about having a Twitter account. And I want to make something abundantly clear. I got this Twitter account literally so I can live, so I can sit on my couch this weekend, put on cross country nationals, probably start drinking at 10 a.m. and live tweet for like four hours while I watch cross country. That is why I got a Twitter. I'm not going to live tweet every race. I'm going to live tweet races that I feel like live tweeting. And that is the purpose of this Twitter. I'm not going to be a Twitter guy but I'm using it in very select locations. Now, over the next week, I might, you know, get active just to just to kind of acclimate myself and learn Twitter a little bit. But that's what this Twitter is for. Mikey Track Talk, hit me up at, at Mikey Track Talk, but that's what it is. I'm here, and I'm only going on there to talk running, and I'm, I'm live tweeting, and I'm going to be tweeting up a storm this weekend. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what's going to happen but I'm on the Twitter machine. So I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm sure I'm going to put out like 400 tweets during this. And I'm sure a lot of them are going to stink, but I guarantee there's going to be one or two of them during cross country nationals. Oh yeah. And my four followers that I have, you better believe they're going to appreciate it. So so do me a favor, go, go follow Mikey track talk right now on Twitter. The, uh, I, I run the, uh, the, the peak too early Twitter account and you know, it, I, I don't give enough attention to it as I should. Uh, I, I like getting on there and every once in a while I, I like to mix it up on there, but I just, I don't give it enough attention. Mike, if you're going to pick one peak too early Twitter account to follow, you got to follow Mike. So follow Mikey track talk. When I go to follow Mikey track talk, it has a suggestions of who to follow. And for some reason, the next person is uh, Julie Rupert, the Northeast 10 commissioner, proudly serving 15 institutions, <laughs> student athletes across 24 sports. So Mike, would you say you're offering similar content yeah, as the commissioner say, of the Northeast 10? I'd say me and Miss Rupert are, uh, you know, we, our Twitters will go hand in hand. Love it. I can't wait to follow you. You are my favorite kind of Twitter. The one where I don't need to have like 15 tweets a day. It's just overwhelming. I can't keep up with it. But I want people that are going on benders that get excited about something, get fired up and just start firing off tweets before they even have a chance to think about it. I'm sure there's going to be no editing going on, which is exactly what I want to see here. This is going to be a great follow. Well, the thing about Twitter, my my favorite part of Twitter is – um, like when there's a big Red Sox game or a big Patriots game, I go on and I see like what, what my Red Sox reporters are saying. I see like what my Patriots guys are saying. Like I, it makes me feel like I'm kind of getting the opinion of the, of the people I like to listen to, you know, when those games are happening. So I think like Mikey track talk will be similar for, for these races. That is exactly. So I have been like secretly, I have like two or three people that I fall. I don't fall on Twitter. I just like, kind of google their twitter and when i'm watching a red sox game you know at 11 o'clock at night by myself in connecticut and i want someone to like express you know the same things i'm feeling i google these people twitter well now twitter's doing this thing where unless you have a twitter account it doesn't let you do that it like shuts you off after like five seconds so i had to get a twitter just to follow like the two or three people i want to watch during a red sox game and i was like you know what I, if it's for one person, for one single person who can sit there 
at 10 a.m. with me on Saturday morning and watch Cross Country Nationals, that's what that, that, that counts for. So, Mikey Track Talk. Let's do it. We'll see how it goes. All right. Do we want to get into the running news? Let's get into the running news. All right, Mike. Let's kick off the running news. So, Steve, we were going to go all cross-country nationals all the time, but you sent us this article right before getting on. We need to talk about it. So this is from, uh, I guess, M Live, Michigan Live, I think that is what it stands for, or something like that. Um, but it must have been a state cross-country meet for high school. Yeah, Michigan cross-country. Uh, the second-place runner came across the line was all fired up. He was given, I think it was like a let's F and go or something along those lines set a, set a swear coming across the line and got the old DQ for profanity at the finish line. Oh boy. Here we go. What do we got gentlemen? I mean, some of the stuff that I have said coming across finish lines in my day, it, I mean, it, it's, it, this is this is child's play play compared to it. I mean, when you when you run a cross country race and you put yourself out there like that, um, you don't even know where you are. Never mind what you're saying. Like the, when you have a big race, I fully expect you to come across the line and be all pumped up about it. In fact, that's that's one of the things I love about cross country. You get you if you have a big race you get more amped up about cross country than you ever would on track or on the roads or whatever because you know you you had a great personal performance but you also helped out the team in a big way right so it's like that that you know that f-bomb is not just for being happy about your your personal finish it's like like this was big for the team so like i i'm infuriated by this i like this is the type of stuff that makes me hate this sport. And you know, the thing is like, you know, I think at at another point in time, like, you know, the person that heard him say that might kind of laugh or whatever, but it wouldn't be on video or whatever. It's just, I feel like that's, it's a relatively normal thing at the finish of a cross country race. What do you guys think? Yeah. I heard uh, the, the yellow jackets, the head yellow jackets were saying like, sometimes you hear this, but, you know, he was all, it was one, him and one other guy. And it was so obvious that he said it, so they couldn't look the other way, but you know what? Screw that. Look the other way. My first reaction when I read that story was I was Googling trophies and stuff. Like we need to get this kid a trophy somehow. He should get a peak too early, like a uh, second place Ooh. trophy. We should send it to a school with his name on it. The kid deserves a trophy. He came in second place. He absolutely deserves it. There's a big difference between yelling a swear out loud out of you know excitement or exhaustion or disappointment and like swearing at somebody swearing at the other person or or swearing at the official or something like that like you need to be able to separate those two things what this kid did is nothing wrong absolutely i don't want to hear him apologize do not apologize mr whatever your name was like don't apologize own this and we should send him a trophy we should send him a belt yeah we should send him a belt I think we should send this kid a, a championship belt. Way better than a dumb trophy. I agree. Let's get on it. Um, my very first tweet from the account was going to be in regards to this article, but 
I couldn't figure out Twitter and I couldn't figure out how to like tweet and send this article out as well. So we'll, we'll get on that. But what it was going to say, um, and I'll explain it in a second, was I was going to tag uh, my, my former teammate, Patrick Donovan, and say something along the lines of, you know, if, if this rule existed 10 years ago, I would have never lost to Patrick Donovan. Now, so Pat, Patrick was a great runner. I never once beat him in a cross country race never happened in in the four years we ran against five years we ran against each other shout out middle school cross country uh and <laughs> i mean i don't think there was a single finish line that that dude ever came across not swearing whether it was in celebration or swearing at the guy next to him or swearing at himself or swearing at his dad on the sideline i mean this dude was coming across and if he ever got dq'd I mean, we were like in the in the hunt for state championships all the time. I mean, it would have been a gigantic story. I can't believe the things I heard on a cross country course. I mean, this is just such a joke of an article, such a joke of a rule, such a joke of something that happened. This is high school sports. You go on a football field, you're telling me in the trenches that there aren't like the worst things you've ever heard. And this guy wasn't swearing. Like it'd be one thing if he was like swearing at the other team or swearing at an official. Like he gave a let's F and go. Tom Brady screams that into the camera every single time he comes out onto the field. Like, and we zoom in on him and we watch him do it and everyone celebrates it for, and he tweets LFG. And I mean, like what, like I honest, I almost feel like we're like giving it too much time here. Even talking about like what a joke this is. You you just, this isn't, this is high school state championship cross country, and you're gonna d- DQ this guy. And I don't, I didn't dig deep enough into the article to like see if like his team was like in the hunt or if it affected his team. Because if it did, like if that team had a chance to win, and you get D- you DQ the guy, like give me a freaking break. That is just utterly ridiculous. Mike, a couple things on that. First off, I found about this, found out about this article from Patrick Donovan. And that was my first thought was like, as somebody that was at most of your high school meets, uh, you know, through those four years, uh, yeah, Patrick, Patrick was very lively and animated, not only at the finish line, but at the starting lines. Uh, so he would, uh, they, he would, he would let the F-bombs fly. So shout out to, to Patrick. It was very entertaining to watch. Um, but the first place that my head went on this was uh, we, we both had a coach in high school that like, like coached us to be extremely aggressive at the finish line. Uh, he once had a kid, like one of the more timid kids, you know, one of, one of my good buddies, but you know, he's a little more of a timid guy. And uh, he once, he once watched at a state meet, you know, his, he got cut in line at the shoot. So you come, you come across, you know, there was no chip timing or anything like that. You would come across the line and you would stand and shoot. They would have roped off areas and you would stand there and they would, they would pull your ticket and they'd kind of, they'd, they'd keep you in line that way. And they would adjust the shoots as more people come across the finish line. And he would, he taught us, he taught us that as soon as you come across the line, you got to get with it and you got to grab the ropes and make sure that nobody passes you. And he would say, if anybody tries to pass you, he goes, punch him. And <laughs> he would teach us to, to be aggressive at the starting line. So like when I see somebody cross the, the finish line, it's like, yeah, that, that's high school cross country. That's, that's what my high school cross country coach taught me to do. Those, those finish line kind of melees sometimes or, or just kind of mosh pits that go on when like four guys finish and the people that are 
you know, putting you into the shoot there. They're not really like huge cross country people all the time. They're just kind of just like random people who show up to the meet on Saturday. So it is kind of a unique part of the sport there. You get people kind of finishing at the end. I'm glad you brought that up, Steve. I haven't thought about that in a while. It's kind of, it's kind of a ridiculous way to kind of, you know, finalize the numbers there. Is that a loss? Is that a loss? Like they, I mean, I, I can imagine all these races are chip time now. Are the shoots kind of like a lost art? They might yeah. be. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you remember they used to have a whole system, right? They used yeah. to have rows, and they would come across the finish line, they would have the rope, and you cross the finish line, and they would direct you into whatever chute, you know, you were, you were lit, you were, you were supposed to go in. And then when that chute filled, they would switch the ropes, and then they, you, they would funnel people into the next chute. That's got to be walk, a lost art. Then they walk around with the little metal sticks. And they rip the bottom off of your number and they yeah. put it on them. And that's like literally how they determine the results is just putting the bottom of your number on a little stick. I, w- I would like to think that that still happens someplace. I don't know if it I, does. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't I know if it does. I think it's all chip time now. I bet that happens in Victor, Idaho. Maybe. I bet it does. So two last things on that, Steve. Um, one, shoots are like the craziest, most underrated place in all of sports it gets weird in the shoots people puking people throwing bows you know trying to get that extra whatever the shoots are crazy two i just remembered this but i got a random call and i still haven't gotten any context on this call i got a call maybe three or four weeks ago um from uh from proflow and he called me he goes mikey mikey quick 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 when i say the word shoot in relation to cross country, does that mean anything to you? Well, so he, he called me, he called me and asked me the same thing, but he, he, he phrased it a little differently and I okay. told him no. So, so when he, so yeah, he, so go ahead, go I, ahead. I, well, so yeah, I mean, I, I got that call and I was like, yeah, no. And I started explaining, he goes, oh, Steve just told me it didn't mean anything. And I'm like, so he's like, I gotta go, I gotta go. And then he never called me back, never told me why that happened but uh, yeah i just thought i would bring that up since we're here talking about shoots so he called me and he said he said steve he's like when i say shoots does that mean it mean anything in the track world and i said shoots in the he's like where's the shoot on the track and i was like i don't freaking know i don't know what a shoot on a track is and but if he said shoot in in cross country absolutely means something so did did he did he say cross country he said cross country when he called me, I think, or maybe he just said running. Maybe he said maybe he said running the shoot when he, with a positive. He I don't remember exactly how it was phrased. He one hundred percent said track to me because I don't know. I don't know if he was doing an experiment. We got We actually got to fall. We're gonna call him right now. Yeah, so, let's call him. Because, so like him. I said, we he had this like very like cryptic phone call that lasted five seconds Same he was thing. screaming he was screaming and then he hung up and i never i i don't even think i've talked to him in like two or three weeks since that yeah. phone call he might not even be alive since that phone call i don't know right. yeah let's, let's get let's get profile love talking about shoots what do you think the chances are Profile didn't give me a call to ask about you. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got him. We got him, Pat. Pat, you're you're up, you're 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 live on the Peak Too Early podcast right now. Oh, so let's go. so so we're talking about uh, a couple weeks ago. Mike and I both received a very cryptic cryptic phone call from you talking about shoots in the track world, in the running world. Okay, so now I I so Mike says Mike says you said one thing which. 
if you're talking about shoots in the cross country world, there's definitely shoots in the cross country world. But you, when you called me, you said the track, right? Well, did I say the track? I'm trying to recall. This was a, this was a few weeks ago now. Did I say it was track across country? I'll be honest for the for the average consumer of the running world. The two <laughs> seem to be one and the same. I'll be honest with so, you. So 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 you called me. You called me and said, Steve, where's the shoot on the track? And I was like, there's no shoots on the track. But Mike and I are over here talking about it. And he said that you called him to ask about shoots in, in the running world. And if you said that to me, I would have known it was it well, can, was, you were talking about cross country. Can, can you get clarification on what, what this yeah, yeah, well, yeah. is? Yeah, let's about. get clarification. What what why why were you calling about this? All right. So one of my good friends just he accepted the job as uh, an assistant athletic director at a local high school. I, I won't say the name just to, uh, to you know keep things classified. And he was told to go put some cones around the chute. And he called me because he thinks I'm a big running guy, which I am, and uh, a two-mile champion. So I said, you know what? I don't know the answer, but I know one guy that will know the answer 100%. I'll get back to you in two minutes. So I called Steve Gendry, my first call. And uh, you, you said that there, you didn't think there was anything called the shoot. Not on so, the track. So then I called Mikey, and uh, – he got it instantly. So I did think it was kind of funny, but I, I screwed up the wording. I suppose that's possible, but I did say to Mikey, this could cause uh, a big risk in the early podcast world because you have a clear edge on Steve right now. How, if I worded it incorrectly, I suppose it's possible. Hard for me to remember. So and it's funny because this came up completely out of the blue. We were talking about a different story and, and shoots came up and Mike's like, oh, P-Flow, ProFlow called me about shoots. But anyways, we got to get back to the podcast. We appreciate your input. Thanks for, thanks for uh, answering the call. All right, bud. All right. Hey, love you guys. Love everyone who's listening. You guys are the best. Talk to you later, bud. All right. Love you guys. He 100% <laughs> called me and he said, where's the shoot on the track? And I was like, there's no such thing. That that 100%. explains that explains so much. Like the sporadicness. His buddy needed to find out where to put the cone, so he's just smashing the smashing the dial trying to get answers. That that's unbelievable. What, what a great story. Um, all right, we are now almost an hour into. I love it. I love my it. Favorite into my favorite podcast of the year, the NCAA preview cross country championship arguably the reason that peak too early started was this episode we're an hour in we haven't talked a second about cross country well so I'm we excited. Got, i'm excited yeah we got another hour or two left <laughs> yeah steve i am i am i'm ready to roll i feel like i know way more than i should i have some big claims to make i have um some predictions i have honestly a lot of gloating to do try i do want to give you the floor but before i do i just want to say i need more credit for being the smartest cross-country guy on this podcast i need more credit for that well hey mike i'm just i'm gonna preface this by saying that uh Everything from here on out, uh, you're gonna have to take the lead on because I'm I'm not very educated on what's That's going fine. on. 
So please tell me why you are the smartest guy in the cross country world. Well, specifically on this podcast, but I will also take the, the, in the world in, in the field. Listen, we started talking. So it's hip in the streets right now to talk about cross country. Every podcast, every running media wants to talk about cross country. We've been talking about cross country for months. We've been talking about cross country since the preseason rankings came out. And when the preseason rankings came out in September, I think it was like September 1st, we talked about our sleeper picks, who we thought had a chance to win it all. And I picked a number seven in the country, Oklahoma State, on the men's side. And I picked a number nine in the country, Colorado, on the women's side. Both teams have a very legitimate chance to not be contenders, to not be on the podium, but to be national champions. I told you that, and I wasn't just like picking randomly. I went back and listened to it today, and I gave detailed reasons on why these teams could compete in November, why they could you know, be there when it came to championship season. Listen, I know what I'm talking about over here, fellas. And you guys, uh, you know, I'm looking at your guys' teams. Nowhere to be found. I mean, okay, so Trent, whatever. He's got BYU. What are you talking about? Yeah, My no, team's nowhere you, to be found. Get out of here. You picked BYU in New Mexico, who in the preseason were ranked in, like, the top three. Like, whoop de freaking do I picked the seventh-ranked team and the ninth-ranked team. And – I picked not only did I pick Oklahoma State in September, I picked Oklahoma State two years ago. Okay, I've been on this team for two years. This team has a legitimate chance. And now I know if you look at the coaches ranking or whatever, yeah, maybe may, maybe you'd say they don't have a chance. I am here telling you that this team is very, very good and has a chance. So the coaches poll has them third. They have a chance to win it all. And I, I firmly believe that. I've been crunching the numbers. I've been going through the data. I, I don't want to get into my predictions yet. But I just I, – I need more credit for being the cross-country guy on this podcast. I'll give you your flowers. Yeah, I'll give you credit. Yeah, I didn't – I mean, that's, that's some pretty bold predictions. And, um, you know, I, this is why we need gambling on this sport. We need gambling on this sport because you toss a little money on these futures, we'll be able to retire right now. And, and Steve, there's other, this is what pissed me up. There's other media sources out there right now who are trying to take credit for like calling their shot on Oklahoma State when they put out their rankings this week. And I'll never get the credit I deserve from those people. But for two years, I've been talking about Oklahoma State. Now, this week, they want to decide that all of a sudden they're on the Oklahoma State bandwagon. Get the hell out of here. That's, That's going to be a great social clip. Thank yep. you. <laughs> If, if you bet on black every time, eventually it's going to hit black. I mean, oh, <laughs> broken clock is right dog. twice a day. I love it, Trent. Oklahoma State finished third in the country last year. They're going to podium and probably win again this year, Trent. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Does Mystery Man Isa Rodriguez show up, though? Again, we go through this every time we talk about him. <laughs> he originally got the name Mystery Man. Because he came out of nowhere as a freshman and finished like third in the country as a freshman. He had one bad race as a sophomore and then finished ninth again last year. This guy has had one bad cross-country race 
in in his entire career and we want to act like he's like the the least consistent runner of all time i've said it once and i'll say it again who among us has not had you know a tough sophomore year sophomore years are are, are you know they're a tough year you're trying to you're trying to figure out your life sophomore year i'm giving my man mystery man a pass on his sophomore year we got to stop acting like he's some inconsistent runner because he's not two out of three times he's stepped it on the line at a national championship isa rodriguez and i know his name is like isai i'm gonna keep calling him isa because that sounds better isa rodriguez two out of three times he stepped on the line has been a top 10 finisher and guess what he doesn't need to win this race for for his team to win it all he just needs to be the top guy that we know he is do you think he has a legitimate shot to win mr educated cross country man do I think as an individual has a chance to win? Yes. I do think he has a chance. Now, if I was a betting man, I would not be putting my money on him. But I think he is for sure a top 10 guy, and that's all the team needs him to be. I, I think there's a, he has an outside chance. If, I think if you're putting like gambling odds on him, I think I'd have him like around like plus four or 500. I think he's got an outside chance to win it. Um, but no, if I was, if I was a betting man, you know, which I'm not, uh, I, I would not be putting my money on him to win it all. The problem with Oklahoma state, and I'm coming at it from a way less educated view than Michaelton here, but they just haven't really done much this season. I'm looking at the results right now. They've run basically, they had an early season invitational and then they've run the conference and regionals and that's. That's it. So they haven't really thrown themselves out on the line. I um, think that's what makes them a scary team, though. They haven't shown us anything yet. Nobody knows what they're capable of. They are, they're taking the mystery man philosophy to the heart. You know, they didn't show up at those, those big meets. They raced NAU early on in the season, and then they've just kind of been quietly in the shadows the rest of the season. Yeah, but somehow they're still everybody's sexy pick right now. So Mike, no, if, they're, they're one, they're one media sources, sexy pick. That's it. And they're just, they're hopping on my coattails. So if, if you were to put odds on, on uh, Oklahoma state winning the national championship, Mike, what would you put them at right now? Oh man. I'm a little... I'd say, I'd say we got to put, we're, let's start with, where would we put NAU? Uh, I'm thinking like, so let, if, if I'm thinking from the perspective of Vegas and not from Mike Jenner, because obviously I'm a little biased. And obviously I think I know, but, but if I have to think from like a better's perspective where it's like where the money's going to be and, you know, stuff like that, I think you need to make NAU the favorite because that's where most of the money is going to be. That's who people think. And of course, every year NAU has a chance to win, but I don't, I, I can't imagine those odds would. So I was thinking, I think, I was thinking minus 175. I don't even I don't even know if I would go there. Like I, I think I would make NAU like minus, minus one twenty. Minus one twenty, minus one ten. Yeah. Cause I so from my perspective, I think you have I think you have four teams that can win. But here, but before we get into that, from NAU to BYU, does BYU go even or where where do you put BYU? Maybe like plus 150. So BYU is a weird team to me because they beat NAU 
at the regionals. But you kind of got to throw at regionals, right? Like teams that are this good, all these top teams, like it's survive and advance. I don't know if you can learn that much from the regionals. BYU wouldn't be my number two team, but I guess maybe from gambling odds, yeah, you probably have to have them like plus 120, I would say. Yeah, plus 120. And then I think you put OK State and Notre Dame at like sharing a spot at like plus 150. Like I think really? those two so teams. That close. I was going to go to I was going to go Personally, I think so. I was going to go to plus 200 for 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 Oak State, but you think it's it's that close. I, I my personal opinion, I think it is that close. I think literally any four of those teams could win. Um, we haven't even talked about the course yet, but the course is lightning fast. But if it's, it's if it's that tight, if it's that tight, we are in store for one of the most exciting races on the men's side that we've seen in a very long it, time. Uh, yeah, and we talked about that in preseason. We're like, we're we're begging for a tight race like that. And I think it's we'll get to the women's side, but I think it's that tight on the men's side and the women's side. I think both sides. There's four teams that you could make a case for right now. And there's other teams that people are making a case for on the men's side outside of those four teams. I don't see it. I don't see the path. But uh, I think on the men's side and the women's side, there's four teams that have a chance to to win this thing. Um, and, yeah, so the course is lightning fast, which I think makes it weird, right? Because you, you don't really have that. Anything can happen in cross country, right? Anybody can have a bad day. But, like, last year where the course was so hard, you had that factor. It's like, you have no idea who's going to finish this race. You don't know who's going to get beat up by it. It's like, this is... This Which is kind of awesome. It is, but you're going to have good weather. It's in Florida. It's going to be flat. It's going to be fast. So a team like NAU, who's built to be a cross-country team, I think that hurts. I think that hurts NAU a lot. I really do. So now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying, what? like, okay, state that necessarily helps them because they're not necessarily, like, a... A, a track uh, powerhouse distance team either. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of think it evens the playing field almost a little bit in, in a weird way where an easy course is evening the playing field. So if you make it a track race, I think it helps one team on the women's side significantly. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to okay. the women's side. I think there's an interesting uh, point to be made that if it's a track race, if you're looking at the men's side, you have one guy out there, arguably the best track guy in the field, who's not the number one guy in his team, could make a significant difference. Mm. We're talking about Trent's Notre Dame boys. Mm. Listen, yeah, Red is a track guy through and through. I mean, if you have a blazing fast course, yeah, Red's not their number one guy. You know what I mean? If he picks it up, and I, Notre Dame's a team that I genuinely think could make a splash. And I think it would be a surprise if they won, but I wouldn't rule them out. And so NAU's biggest problem is obviously they have the firepower up front. They're going to have three guys in the top 20. They're going to get a ton of low sticks. They might have three guys in the top 15. But they have a fourth and fifth man problem. They really do. And it's going to come down to can OK, BYU, and Notre Dame close out there five fast enough? And if you have a guy like Yared, who I think is Notre Dame's like 
three or four guy or has been most of the season who want a lightning fast course can can find something and have a huge day that could make a huge difference right there wish you could put some pieces on this wish you could make some bets on this this would be pretty cool if you could I was I was revisiting my boys at BYU. I, I'm obviously not going to get excited about your Notre Dame pick, Michael. Let's throw those guys out the window here. I can get behind your head and the goose. And other than that, I'm done with them. But what more does BYU have to do to get taken? I mean, you, you yourself dismissed them as maybe like like the fourth option here potentially in this BYU. Uh, obviously the defending champions, and then they go out at regionals. And I was looking at the results, comparing them to to Northern Arizona. They're definitely one not, beat. Definitely not the defending champions. Do we need to to edit this part of the podcast here? One hundred percent. Yeah, and NAU won last year. BYU had a bad year last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. They won on the women's side. Okay, let's just edit that out, and then I don't have, <laughs> have a point to make anymore after that. <laughs> but I mean, BYU. It's standing again. It's, yeah, we'll keep it in. Well, just We're to remind all credibility, but nope, just to remind everyone that I'm the cross country guy in this podcast. No, BYU has a similar BYU and NAU are built similarly, and BYU is like NAU light, right? Well, they what have, I was gonna say though, but BYU beat and uh, NAU like their one beat their one, two beat two, three beat three. They went out and beat them at every spot at the regional championship. Dude, regionals, I just said throw out regionals. Who cares? NAU knows that they're going to the national championship. Been there, done that, dude. They're not worried about if they're going to make it at nationals. They're chilling, and they're, they're trying to win another championship. I'm not worried about that. I, honestly, I think NAU and BYU are built the same type of way, a ridiculous top three. NAU's top three is better than BYU's top three, and then they got four and five problems. So those two guys have, or those two teams have the best one through three in the country, but they need to, they need to figure out how to close that out. And can they close it out before NA, or before Notre Dame and Oklahoma state do? And I don't think that they will. That's my, you know, my personal opinion. I love it, Mike. Well, if, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I love the analysis. You really broke this one down, dude. I'm 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 ready to roll. Mikey, uh, Mikey, track talks is ready to is ready to take on the world. Trent, what's your men's podium, and Listen, who's your individual I winner? I don't care because we haven't even talked about championship. that. We, <laughs> I'm taking BYU, regardless of if I screwed up <laughs> where they won last night. I think I mixed up the men and the women results there, but I like BYU. I like the fact that led by Connor Mance, who is the defending national champion. I know that he won. I remember that race vividly. So you were led by him. They're, they're a team that went out, and maybe it didn't mean that much to Northern Arizona, like you're saying, but it means something to BYU to go out there, and everybody had to beat the person that they had to beat. They went on the line. Everybody looked across and said, that's my guy that I got to beat today, and every one of them went out there and beat them. They're flying high right now. I like BYU as a team. Do you want to do individual predictions as well? Yeah, I want to know who, who's your individual winner. Okay, so you would think I'm going to say Connor Mance here because uh, the guy has like not lost in uh, you know a year and a half or basically it's been like eight races something like that. The guy's on fire, but I love the hometown story here. There's uh, I'm going to mess up his name bad, but uh, Adrian Wildshut is maybe how I'll say it. 
But the course is Tallahassee. It's in Florida State. Wild should I believe came in second place last year at the national championship, just behind Mance. Kind of little unexpected, you know, hung in there a little uh, further than you know Kipsu or some of the other guys up there. But home course, we saw it with Morgan McDonald a few years back. There's something to be said about people coming to your backyard. This guy knows the course better than anybody else. I'm rooting for him. This may be a bet with my heart than my head, but I'm rooting for the guy to kind of protect his home turf. So I like wild shit. All right. I, uh, I would be the biggest fraud in the world if I didn't sit here and tell you that Oklahoma State is going to win the championship. I do believe, and maybe I've just talked myself into it, um, but you guys have heard me talk a million times about pack time. I think that's the most important thing. Listen, I get it that NAU and BYU have a powerful top three, but I think Notre Dame and Oklahoma State have a disgusting pack time. They're going to close in those gaps. And I think it's going to go NAU in third place, Notre Dame in second place, and Oklahoma State is going to take take it all and uh, prove me right once again. And then on the individual side, um, as much as it would be cool to have front of the program Connor Mance repeat, I think this is Wesley Kiptu's race to lose. I think he is the favorite in my mind. And I think the fast uh, course will help him. I think he'll learn from his mistake last year when he went out like a crazy person. But even if he does go out like a crazy person, it's not the same course that will destroy him like uh, like the one last year did. Even if he goes out hard, I think he can hang on on this one. So I think Kip Two's taking the championship. Steve? All right, All right Mike, you... Uh... You won me over with your analysis of, of Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame to win. I am going uh, BYU number two, NAU number three. Mystery man Isa Rodriguez falls out of the top ten and uh, disappoints Mike on, on race day. Um, and I'm going to take friend of the program, Connor Mance, to win because the dude is a beast. And until I'm proven wrong by picking him to win, I'm going to continue to pick him to win. I love it. So three different teams and three different individuals. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan, huge fan of those picks. Uh, uh, all right. What's up? I got nothing against Rodriguez, but it would be great to see him fall apart just to have Michael <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> no, you you both it. do have something against Rodriguez. He didn't come on. The only, no, no, I, you know, I, 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 the only thing against Isa that I have is that you love him so much. So, He's just—he's the Wait, best. Did did we ever? Was there ever a lost Isa episode? No, we we asked him to come on the podcast. He said he would, and then he said he needs to talk to his coach. Which yes, yes which which right. shout out to him. What a team player he needs. Yeah, to that's why I don't like him. No, <laughs> no, no. I think that's I think he's a you know he doesn't want to go do anything that coach doesn't want him to do. He's an obedient soldier. He's going to go out there and make sure he's doing what's right for the team. And maybe coming on the Peak Too Early podcast wasn't what was right for the team at the time. We'll get, we'll get Mystery Man on the show here at some point. We, we, we absolutely will. Um, all right, so moving on to the women's side. Uh, like I said before, my personal opinion, there is four teams 
who can win this championship. And the coaches poll has the rankings. NC State, number one team in the country. New Mexico, number two. Colorado, number three. And BYU, number four. A lot of interesting dynamics here. Trent, BYU on the women's side is the reigning champions. You obviously have Colorado, who's got pedigree and history. And then you got uh, New Mexico Mexico and NC State, kind of the fun up-and-coming teams. I think as much as I want to blow this out of proportion and tell you that I picked Oklahoma State and I picked Colorado, which I did. Colorado's ranked three in the country right now. When I picked them, they were nine in the country. Um, The way I see this is NC State is the best team in the country. I think they have an incredible one through five. And if they run their race, they will not lose. However, this is cross country, and all you need is one girl to not have their day, something to go wrong, and things can get really weird really quick. I think for any way to have a perfect day, anything to have a perfect day, that's kind of uh, hard to believe. So, I think if you stack them up and everyone has their best day, NC State wins. But and the fact, like, the fact that this is a glorified track meet significantly helps NC State. I think so. Yeah, I think so. For sure. When you look at like teams like Colorado and BYU, those teams are set up to be cross-country teams. Um, so I do think it helps NC State. But like I said, this is cross-country. Like Things don't go perfect. They don't go according to plan, and that's why four teams – can win this so like if you're looking at betting odds in my opinion nc state would be a bigger favorite like maybe like you said like a minus 175 and then like i again this is my bias showing but i would go like colorado plus one 175 maybe uh byu plus 200 new mexico plus 250 that quick off the top of my head but that's kind of how I feel it is like NC State's the favorite and the other three are clumped right there just waiting for for any mistake to happen by NC State and if any mistake does happen by NC State you have Colorado who's got again an incredible pack time ready to roll and then you have BYU who like I said were reigning champions who are returning their entire team and I remember Gritty Woody was hurt last year so she's coming back and has a chance to win the damn race. So it's kind of hard to rule out BYU. They're ranked fourth in the country, but like to, to say that the reigning national champions with their best runner now healthy, you got to consider them as well. So that's kind of my analysis of the teams stacking up here. Was, was looking at NC state a little bit. So they, you know, they, they've obviously looked good, especially recently. They've been dominating. At Nuttycomb earlier this year, they lost to New Mexico, and I was just checking out the results there. All their best runners ran at Nuttycomb. Runners? Runners. They runners run. The runners run at Nuttycomb. Uh, and New Mexico was able to out, you know, beat them. Now, that was, uh, that was back in, you know, it can be five weeks ago by the time we get to the race, but I thought that was interesting. And obviously New Mexico was my team at the beginning of the year. So I'm kind of was looking for reasons to, to highlight their abilities and skills and, and uh, tell you why they're going to win. But I mean, definitely worth noting that New Mexico did go out and beat uh, North Carolina state's best runners earlier this year. New Mexico is interesting because they might not have anybody in like the top 40 runners but their pack is so insane 
that once they get to it, like you might have 15 to 20 places between all of their runners. I mean, they run as a team and they come quick, right? So it's not like these other teams where they're going to have a bunch of low sticks, but once, once their pack gets there, they run through it quick. So it's a fun team. I don't know if that, you know, not having somebody in the top 30 of the race is sustainable for a national championship, but they'll be right there. I mean, like that, they're set up very, very well to be a podium team. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Who else do we like here? <laughs> so, I mean, I'll take this time to gloat about Colorado. My biggest criticism of Colorado was a similar thing early in the season um, that they just didn't have that star power up front. Well, you have Abby Nichols, who has really solidified top. She could be, she'll be a top 10 girl. And then you have uh, a freshman from Colorado who also could be a, a top 10 girl. So you do have that star power up front with the pack time. That's why I, you know, I, I just gave this big spiel about why I like NC State. Uh, but if something does go wrong with NC State, if they have one mix up, one bad thing happen, I do like Colorado to be the one um, to steal it from them. Was Colorado my pick at the beginning of the season? No, it was, it was my pick, Steve. You yeah, had, you Alabama. picked Alabama. You're Alabama. Yeah, your pick. Yeah, uh, that, that didn't go well. It didn't. didn't it's been a rough well. season. It's been a rough. It's been a rough cross country season for you, boy. But you're, you're I gonna like be, that. I like that you took your shot, Trent. I did. I didn't pick the favorites. Yeah, you're, Trent you're picked be, all uh, favorites. You're gonna be next year. You're gonna be gloating about Alabama, just like Mike was gloating about Oklahoma sure, State. Sure, sure. Just and, keep and picking and Alabama. Could be next fair. year, those freshmen they start to run, they get a little experience, and they'll be right there for you, Steve. Don't worry. I'll take it. Uh, do we want to make predictions on the women's side here? Let's do it. Trent, do you want to yeah. go first? I mean, I was just uh, uh, bragging about my New Mexico knowledge, but I, I do like them. I think they, I think it means something to go to a big invitational early in the year versus these supposed best team and go out and beat them. I think that gives the, those women a confidence level going into this national championship that they can fall back on. So I like New Mexico um, to pull off the, you know, it's not a big upset, but I liked them to, to upend North Carolina State there. On the individual side, I mean, this is a tough one. Uh, you know, we, we are all going to have a – screw it. I get to go first, so I'm going to take it. And I don't have to feel bad about it. I'm taking Greedy Whitney. I mean, she wasn't healthy last year, and she still went out and led half the damn race like a beast. And so with that mindset to go out there uh, and feel healthy, and I was just reading, you know, something about her. So she didn't even run regionals this year. Her coach was like, I just want you healthy to be able to compete for a national championship. You don't even have to run the regional championship. I mean, that's a woman whose one mission is to go out and win nationals. And she was able to dictate her entire training schedule for it. I love it. I'm, I'm going to take Grady Whitney. I mean, as much as I, as much as, as big of a fan as I am of Grady Whitney, she has, uh, she hasn't performed when the, when the spotlights have been the brightest, she's had some, some trouble performing in championship season over the past two years. So I don't want to put that on her. I don't want to put her, put that on her that she's, she's a, she's a runner that can't perform and it means the most, but over the past year and a half, it hasn't been a great track record or two years hasn't been a great, great track record for her in championship season. She was injured. She, she ran through an injury. She's as gritty as they come. 
So I I refuse. I refuse to let that narrative uh be be talked about when it comes to gritty. Work. I just you know I'm just giving it just throwing it out there. You know I'm not saying I I, I agree with it. I'm just out uh, posing a counter viewpoint. Sure. Uh, my picks. Um, team wise, I go. I think BYU finishes in third on the podium, just edging out New Mexico. I think Colorado takes the second spot, and I do think, as chalky as it is, I think NC State gets it done in the individual side. I know it's chalk again, uh, but I think Mercy Chellingat goes back-to-back. Like Steve said, uh, Gritty Witty has kind of been the favorite pick to win two years in a row. Um, and it would be cool if, if in her senior year, she finally is able to get it done. Uh, but I don't think mercy is going to be beat by anybody. I think if I had to put betting odds on her, she's like minus two fifty. I think she's a beast. I don't think she's lost in like 18 months. Um, so I think she, I think she gets it done. I mean, you, you took the one, you took the one piece of Alabama that I could have. You can still one. pick it. You can still. Well, pick I'm picking it. Mercy to win. Like that's a no-brainer. As you, she's as gonna, you should. I she's gonna, gonna. She's win. gonna win with ease out there. She's gonna dominate. So I'm going Mercy to win. You know, I don't want to have the same picks as you, Mike, but I love NC State on the women's side here. I think NC State. This is going to be, it's a really cool story, the way that they've kind of come up over the past two years. Uh, you know, the fact that you're, you're for the most part, taking, I mean, the, the biggest knock on them is that they've got a pretty shallow team. They don't, they're not that deep. Um, but the fact that you're taking a lot of the elements out of it, it's going to be a glorified track race. I think this is setting up perfectly for them to win a national championship. So I'm going to go NC State. Then... Then, what would you go, Mike? You went NC State. Who would you go after that? I went NC State, Colorado, BYU. All right. I'm going to go BYU number two. I'm going to bet on our girl, Gritty Witty. I'm going to bet that she has a big day. Gets him to number after you, two. After you just I pose the counter you, viewpoint. After I you just, trash Gritty. I'm going to take them to finish second. And then I'm going to go New Mexico number three. And you think Colorado, man, you, you've been disrespecting my teams left and right. You left Oklahoma State off the podium, and you leave Colorado off the podium. What can when I say? will you people learn? When will you people learn? I don't want you to have this moment. <laughs> so, all right. Is, is, any, do we got anything else on the docket for running news, Mike? I don't think so. I am just all focused on cross-country Nats. I'm ready to roll. I got my uh, – cleared my schedule Saturday morning and uh, I'm ready to just sit on my couch, like I said, and, uh, and, and take it all in. It, it's so weird that it was within this year that we, like it was less than a year ago. It was March that we, uh, yeah. we did our, our live show oh for the, God. for the 2020 cross country race. When you said less than a year, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. That was about a year. No, ago. No, no, yeah. Like, that was, that was, half a year ago yeah yeah it was it was in march and uh how you know, wild we, is that we, that we feels did the, so long ago <laughs> that feels the, so long ago we did the p2e summit the chunder mile uh with chris robertson and then we very very hungover 
tried to do a a, a YouTube live, live. yeah, which 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 was fun. So, oh, uh, but it's 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 crazy to think that like, yeah, we uh, it's a very interesting storyline that a lot of these people are competing for national championship. Yeah, like six months after. Hmm. you know six eight months after they just went went after it and you'd 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 think you could take a lot of data from that but it was also the weird year where like track was some people were focused on track some people focused on cross country so it's it'll be it'll be uh it'll be an interesting development here but i'll be i'll be shooting out live tweets and 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 ready to ready to go so I, i tell you what it feels good it feels good to have national championship in like the heart of fall right now you know we're getting it's going to be in Tallahassee, so it's not going to feel too much like fall out there. But it feels like fall where you guys are. It feels like fall where I am. You know, winter national championship was kind of interesting. But this feels good to have here. It feels good. There's no track kind of taking any attention away from any of the runners. It, it feels uh, exciting to have our national championship back when, back where it belongs. Amen. Amen. All right, let's wrap up the running news. All right, guys, we are – I mean, this is we're, – we're approaching a marathon episode, but it's okay. You know why? Because we haven't seen each other in a while. The people are clamoring for, for some peak too early. And, you know, I've missed doing this. You know, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this final topic, but it has to be talked about. When we did our last episode, it was looking like a true rebuilding year for the Patriots. And just a few weeks later, the Patriots are looking like, you know, a contender to be a top team in the NFL. Oh, 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 how the, how the, how the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the season has shifted for the Patriots. And just like that, Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots are back in the conversation for the best team in the NFL. Everybody else watch out. Like how, how, how crazy of a, of a month has it been where just like that, just like that, the conversation completely flips on this team. I had a, uh, I've been in a, season-long argument with a friend of mine who is a, a a Jets fan. I mean, I can't believe I'm a Patriots fan having a season-long debate with a, with a Jets fan. Um, but, you know, it started at the draft, and, and he was bragging about how the Patriots are, are dead and, uh, you know, what's what's their freaking quarterback's name there? The kid from BYU. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson telling me how Zach Wilson was a million times better. I'm sorry. Than... I'm sorry. Quarterback Mike White. That's quarterback. yeah, yeah. Mike White. <laughs> now telling me a mil- how Zach Wilson's a million times better than Mac Jones, and the argument just kept changing and changing, and he kept changing his rhetoric. Uh, and we got to a point where I texted him because the argument had clearly died off. You know, he he, he didn't want to resurrect it clearly with what's going on with his team and our team, and. um so I just texted him out of the blue this week and said, Hey, um, you know, I don't want to dox him here. So I'll just make up a name. We'll say Pat. Um, Hey Pat. Uh, I just want to give you a chance to get on the right side of history with Mac Jones. And he just was sending me stat lines and this and that and the other thing and like pro football focus crap. And, I don't need stats to tell me anything. I need my eyeballs. And what my eyeballs are telling me is we have a really good quarterback. So I made a $500 bet with him that Mac Jones, he told me Mac Jones will never win a Super Bowl in his career. 
So we made a $500 bet that Mac Jones will win a Super Bowl in his career, and I feel real, real good about it. So, so yeah, one day, one day soon, I will be $500 richer. You can get Mac Jones to win a Super Bowl for even odds. Even odds in That's his career. <laughs> well, in his look, career. this casino is going out of business for sure. Yeah. All right, well, let's kick off the bell lap. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? So I know this is super old news, and I'm way, way behind the eight ball on this. But I finally got around to watching Ted Lasso, and boy, what a joy it is. Have you, have you guys watched it? No. Mm. Oh, my. All right. So I know you've probably been told by a million people you need to watch it. You really do need to watch it. Every time I'm told I need to watch it, it makes me want to watch it. No, so – and that's kind of how I felt too, and that's why I was putting it off. But I'm telling you – there's no way that you can watch it and not enjoy it. It's just, it's such, in a world where so many shows are negative, it's such a feel good show. And it makes me want to, it can apply to all sports, right? Like the, the, the coaching style and it makes you kind of read that. It's, it's just an amazing show. And, and I know running a marathon. You absolutely for sure. All right. Well, sure. they, oh my, a, million, a million reasons. Why it's running a marathon. Yeah, so I know everyone's heard it a gazillion times that they need to watch Ted Lasso. This is my official endorsement that, yes, you do actually need to watch Ted Lasso. And, and sorry, final thought on that. For those of you who, like, want to watch a sports television show, but maybe your significant other doesn't want to watch it, this is, like, the perfect meshing for for, uh, for – you and your significant other to agree on a show because it is a sports show and you get like the satisfaction of watching a sports show, but there's plenty for your significant other who might not like sports to enjoy. It's just, it's, it's great. It's perfect. All right. That's it. John, what do you got people on the bell app? I'm not going to watch Ted Lasso, but what I am going to do <laughs> is I am, I'm running a little bit boys. It's been a while coming off the ankle injury. We got to but- train for a marathon. I'm not saying necessarily I'm training for a marathon, but if I were to be training for something, you boys better be worried because there's no better place like to run than where I am. First off, I'm at altitude, so watch out. I'm at like 6,000, 6,500, something like that. This is like as high as, uh, as Flagstaff is. Like I'm at altitude getting that in. It's all dirt roads, you know, for a few miles. I don't go very far yet. I'm still just doing – you know, like five, 10 minutes at a time and I'll walk and then I'll do it again. So I'm doing a max of like two to three miles of running, but at least that's all like dirt roads, rolling hills, big hills if I want it. So I'm invigorated. I'm excited to go out and get my little walk jogs in that I've been doing at this point. So boys, if theoretically we were to get on a start line together sometime from now, just, just be worried, be worried. Cause I'm doing everything that I can out here with my altitude training and my dirt roads and my rolling Hills and my big mountains that, uh, I'm going to be in tip top shape any day now. All right. All right. Love it. Uh, for me on the bell app, just want to give a shout out to our P2E, uh, sponsored athletes. They got championship season. Uh, Matias is going to be competing in the D3 national championships this weekend. And, uh, 
yeah, like we said from the beginning, he's a uh, he's a competitor. He's going to be up at the front of that pack. So excited to see what happens there. There's a chance we might have some content on the Instagram from that race on race day. So stay tuned for that. Other than that, boys, I going to run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a big-